I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day rubbers, it's your boy Blake Laurie and it's time to rub one out with the lads for the weekly rub down. Hello handsome, care for a rub down. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to be seen by Liz Venus? Very Yeah, g'day rubbers, welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast where we rub down everything NRL Supercoach Draft. You're listening to the 2022 Rub Review, I'm your host Natty, and with me as always riding shotgun in the rub is my sidekick, Wook the Stats Wizard. What's going on, sweetheart? Not much, mate. Um, the season it was. Fucking hell, it was a, it was a ripper of a season. That's it, fun. that's enough out of you, and yeah, with us right, again, right. it's been a minute, between drinks, a favourite impact rubber off the bench. To wrap his hands around it one more time for 2022, it's the Guru. What's going on, mate? G'day, boys. Thanks for having me once again. Looking forward to uh, getting a rub down on. Uh, yeah, I'm officially out of the classic race now, so ha- happy to be a draft man again, you know? <laughs> You're back. You're back, baby. You're back. <laughs> Had to go and conquer all, all the classic boys over there. Now I've returned home. Let's do it. Did you beat, nice. did you beat Timmy? Did I beat Tim Williams? Don't waste my fucking time, Natty. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd give you a little alley-oop there. Stepped over the corpse on the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I had a little, uh, I had a play to pull myself out of the fire in the last week. He was making some real get ground on me. I had Cam Murray and stuff, and I went for a uh, a big pod play of uh, Lockie Miller. And when he scored on the on just about the last play on the weekend, uh, they got the guru home. Thank fuck. So, yeah, nice. it's a good day today with Timmy. Bit yeah. of a bit of a redemption redemption story after the Brian Toff fiasco. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that later, and I've got a few other you know, which you'll enjoy. But boys, as we always say, a, a, a win for the good guys, you know. I love it. It is. I love it. it. Is. I love Big it. Big time. All right, I'm going to tear the scab off one. I'm thirsty as fuck. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Yeah, I can't wait to see your, your story about how good you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Before we get into some calls we got right and some calls we got wrong for the season, let's talk about how we went in our, our draft comp, sorry, our main home league. Uh, we'll kick it off with you, Guru. We'll, let, we'll save me to last because uh, I know you guys will be ripping in hardcore. And I'm here, to, I'm here to take me licks. That's fine. That's fine. So, Guru, obviously with Ryan Pappenhausen in your side as a 14-man league, losing him was a fucking catastrophe. How did your season end up? Nah, not well. Last time I spoke to you guys, I was cruising. I was waiting for Pappy to come back. And uh, I think when I spoke to you guys last, I was sitting eighth or ninth in my comp. And I said to you guys, when I get Pappy back, I'll be completely fine. Uh, I think I was back. Once Pappy came back, I think I was back up to third within two or three weeks. My my comp was incredibly close this year. And then Pappy went down. Mm. And uh, I still managed to finish top four, which was good to say. I've got a little record of top fours going. Uh, but... 
Yeah, just wasn't really able to fire a shot come finals. It all sort of slowly fell apart. It was one of those seasons where towards the back end, you know when you look at team lists and you see something little that's going to completely fuck you, but it doesn't impact anyone else, so they won't notice? Yeah. Just just little things like that kept on happening, and we, without Pappy, it was uh, it was all too hard. So I uh, I played uh, two versus three, I think it was, week one of finals, got dusted there. Uh, by the fellow that probably should have gone on to win our comp, he choked as well. And then the next week, uh, fucking unbelievable circumstances. I was in, I, I was up by I think eighteen points with the last update to go in the game. We only had one player each. I had Matty Tomoko, and the guy I was versing had Xavier Savage, and uh, oh, they took it. Yeah. They took a Tomoko try assist off him and gave it to Xavier Savage, and that. <sighs> So, um, mate, I, I was already making memes about the the clash I had the week after. Guys were congratulating me. It was all good. I pretty much said to the bloke I thought I'd beat, unlucky, mate. And then, oh, no. Oh, mate, I couldn't believe it. I had uh, I had one of the boys that uh, – uh, one of my best mates who geez me up relentlessly. He, he missed <laughs> said, I'm, I'm actually so sorry. And then I checked what had happened, and I just went, you're fucking joking. So – um, but it was one of those seasons where I didn't have a team to win it anyway, you know, so it's a bit of a uh, easier easier one to cop anyway. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it's a similar story to, you know, the Nathan Cleary owners out there, the Tommy Turbo owners. Picking, uh, you know, someone in your top sort of one to four and then having that player be injured for the season, it's pretty fucking hard to come back from that. Oh, yeah, it is pretty tough. We we had in our comp, uh, we had the the last four. Two of them were Latrell and Teddy owners, who were the highest left first picks um, that, that were left in the comp, and everyone expected them to win, which uh, I, I was sort of hoping for because those two, uh, we we actually had a box for the Allianz game the other day, the opening that the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. Yeah, so nice. this whole time we were thinking, how good's this? The grand final is going to be Teddy versus Latrell. Our entire draft comp is going to be there in a box with free pit. Yeah. And then by some form, I don't know how the fuck it happened, but the Teddy owner and the Latrell owner, they both lost. So we sort of ended up with the grand final we weren't anticipating. But uh, just a quick yarn for you guys, which I know you'll absolutely fucking love. Talk we're, to you guys. Box. we're all having a good night. Uh, unfortunately, Johnny Dean, one of the boys in our comp, he he was playing in the grand final and his main player that night was Cam Murray. So he went down in the first Ooh, yeah. So that mate, we, we all thought John Dean had a bad night. And then uh one of the other boys who got just way too pissed for the event, he went home early, just right on full time. We all hung around the stadium and, and finished our fridge for a couple of hours. And uh I was playing I was playing the pokies down the road about three hours later and I get this video of him in a hospital bed. <laughs> oh. like, fuck, what has happened here? Turns out he uh, as he was leaving the SFS with his brother, his brother's a uh, pretty fit and you know athletic fella. He said to his brother, he said, I bet you can't um ride the handrail down to the bottom of the stairs. Oh no. Oh. So his, his younger brother jumps yeah. on. He he does it because he's a freak. He manages to get all the way through. My, my other mate, who as I said, he, he was literally too pissed to stand. So unfortunately, here, right in the fucking guts of Guru's great story of his mate Eamon um, falling down the fucking stairs. Uh, yeah, we had a bit of um, the connection loss, technical difficulties. But just to fill in the gaps here, Eamon, he's tried to fucking uh, slide down the uh, the railing or whatever, pissed as 10 men. He's come off, he's ridden his face halfway down the stairs, smashed his thumb up it's turned out to be a compound fracture so his fucking wrist is poking through his thumb and uh yeah no good for Eamon but makes a good story anyway what he uh he, he was definitely sober enough the next day to tell his missus that he'd lost his new phone that he got during the week so uh it was a uh oh, God. experience for him. <laughs> that's oh, fan- that is fantastic Eamon you bloody legend Oh, well, it's always, if it makes a good story the next day, it's worth it, in my opinion. Oh, exactly. Well, um, I can't wait to see him in about three years' time when his missus lets him out again. It'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah. disguise the show for it. Too. Yes, I love it. All right, look, look we, we covered your season uh, a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah. You, you got the you got the Wooker Wobbles again in the finals. Your team was fantastic. You drafted well. 
Coco wobbles. <laughs> did, <laughs> did 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 the uh, did the the normal Walker season where you you know you're up there about you're playing really well, making some trades, winning bets, bing, and then you get real quiet towards the end of the year and you shut down shop and you don't bet anymore, and then the wobbles start, and um, it happened again. Um, so I don't think we need to cover any more in your team. Is there anything you want to add? Oh, I had a, I had a few um, shit the bed moments. Just um, not not necessarily in our league in in the other league. Um, no, no one cares. I did, about I, did a, I did a mid season trade, and this was when we didn't have um, certainty on when Latrell was coming back. I traded out Latrell, um, and it, this is just Latrell for um, who was it? It was Taylor May when he was in prime form. Um, <laughs> Ponga. When he was, when he looked like he, he might be, um, when he was conscious, actually, actually conscious, and, and before he'd had all, all the head knocks. And I think there, there was someone else, I think it was TPJ when he was actually still playing. Um, and then within the space of a month, all of the, the tries just dried up for Taylor, confirmed when, um, when the troll was coming back, and then Ponga with his head knocks. And yeah, it was, I mean, it. Just wobbles all over the place. Doesn't matter what made, league it is. All, well, I made all the way to the grand final, but um, yeah, it, it hurt that one. That was a, that was a dumb move. All right, here we go. So, yes, another grand final for the Eskimo Bros. My fifth in this league, but I've only won two. So, my percentage wins in the grand final isn't great. I was pushing shit uphill in this matchup. I was up against it, and after Isaiah Papali'i went a ton in the first fucking game and they got updated to 123. That shit that I was push, pushing uphill got real sloppy and hard to handle. And after that, it was over Red Rover. I mean, there was a couple of things that went my way. Um, I had kick out. I picked, uh, you know, I started him and benched. Actually, I, I traded out cheese. So that was a good move. I picked up Luai off the waivers. That was a good move, but nothing I did mattered. And what about this guru? Captain Ben Hunt that round, round 24. <laughs> Oh, oh, round twenty-four. That was the eleven, yeah. wasn't it? Correct. So uh, I had I had the VC on the trail. He got like seventy-two, and I knew I knew I needed more than that. And I had um, my selections were Ben Hunt versus the Tigers, uh, Tino for Silver Malawi, and fuck, who was the other one? Versus the Knights and Edric Lee. Edric Lee. And Ed- I mean, the decision was easy. Like statistically, it was just. I didn't even really have to think about it. It was always going to be Ben Hunt. But thank fuck this bloke, Resos. He absolutely wiped the floor with me because if it had to come down to me making a different captaincy choice and I might have won it, I, I may not be here today. <laughs> I, I, I might, I'd probably be in a bathtub, a red bathtub somewhere because, yeah, mate, I made a post up on socials about how I was picking my captain and how Ben Hunt was going to be my man. And the oh, cunt, that, that, that aged very, very The well. cunt was on minus four for 70 minutes. <laughs> I think no, by the end of the game, he, he, he ended ended. Under 10. Yeah, he got updated to about 10 or 11. Gross. Just absolutely disgusting. So, I mean, it's thank God because, like, I look back on it. It, was, it didn't matter what captain I picked or, or who I played. He just smashed me. So, it didn't matter what I did. But, yeah, it just was not my match. It just wasn't my game. No. So, so but I was there. I was on the dance floor. So, I'll have to hang my hat on that, but yeah, pretty. One, one of the one of the other things that um, that was quite poignant with the whole situation was um, you had a bet with Reese, uh, Reese who won it, yeah. and um, you lost Hines, and he gave you Hunt. Yes, yes. <laughs> so ex- exactly, the sleeping assassin. Yeah, poetic. Fucking hell. That so that was best. that was the pivotal point because if I win that bet. Obviously, I keep Hines and I'd probably take Isaiah Papali'i and then most likely win that grand final. So, was it uh, was it Reese's first premiership or, or has he been there before? First, first new champ, brand I think new champ. Been his first, first finals as well. I think it's the first time he's paid attention to so. the league, to be honest. <laughs> I think halfway through the season when he when he, he caught on that he actually had a pretty good team, it's the first time he actually took any interest in, yeah, playing well. So 
No. Well, I think it was only half, halfway when he, he started to win players and he, he made up for his poor drafting. Turns out the, the people that he drafted at the start of the season, he kept four of them and they're two of four of the best players in the league. Yeah, wild. Gary, you'd have a heart attack in our league. You really would. No, I know I'm not cut out for your league. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild scenes. The, the hard thing is, once you do, once you do play it like this, there's no way you can play it any other way. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just addictive. Um, yeah. You keep playing your T20 over there, I'll play my test cricket, okay? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what it is. That's what it is. All right, Guru, what was your best move for your draft team and what was your worst move? So that can be trades, that can be who you drafted or whatever. Uh, I would say probably my best move was that I um, on draft day, I spoke to you guys about it in the preseason and normally I, I pick a strategy and I stick with it for the first three picks and then I just go fucking ape shit and do whatever but I, I really stuck to a strategy this year and it was to not pick any halves hookers or front row forwards early i was going to leave them till very very late uh which i ended up doing i didn't even i drafted a hooker in i think round 17 it was my last pick uh and then first waivers i got jeremy marshall king who averaged 60 so oh, fuck. that was a huge play for me i didn't really draft any Halfback five eights. Um, I got Scott Drinkwater in round ten, so that one turned Ooh, out that's, fine. That's I didn't very good. Um, I also I took Satili Tupanua. I picked him up in the early rounds, and I ended up trading him a little bit later in the season to Tom Dearden. Um, oh, nice. What a move. What a move. Yeah. And then I also didn't draft any front row forwards till the very end. I took your fucking idiot friend, Blake Laurie, who shit me <laughs> once again at the start of the season. But I did manage to pick up Max King as well off the waiver wire. Very so, good. Very good. Um, yeah, I, I think all the positions that I left, which was a little bit risky, I just backed myself to find on the waiver wire. And in some instances, um, I got lucky, but uh, put myself in positions to uh fill those places so i do think that if puppy would have stayed in my side i would have had a good shot at it but in saying that if the guy that had you know nathan cleary kept nathan cleary he'd be in the same boat same as tom turbo all those guys Mm, uh yeah considering how well i did on the waiver wire it was a pretty disappointing way to end the season but i think i bowed out when i probably should have realistically Fuck. Some of those, yeah, some of those moves you made in the waiver wire and free agents. That's that's very sexy. That's that's right in your wheelhouse too, Guru. Yeah, the the, the drink water one might have been one of the more Guru plays of all time. Yeah. Wait fucking x amount of weeks, play the long game, and th- thankfully it played paid dividends. Not enough, but it uh, it was mm. a good. Move. I enjoyed it. Lovely. All right, Walker. What was your best move? Your worst move? Uh well, I, I touched on my worst move before in one of the leagues, but um. Just what, talk about the one that matters, mate. The one that matters. Well, one of the, one of the ones that matters. Um, Surely you don't have a worse move than that fucking trade. That trade ended up pretty bad. It was a three-for-one trade, and I thought at the time, killing it. Um, you got sold some magic beans at the market. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, worst move for me is, is picking up stags. Um, yeah. I, I, I threw out, I think it was in both of the leagues of – Four and a five pick. That could have made a lot of difference. Both you two were big on stags, Dick. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that I took was, him the round, so yeah, that was that. that he probably yeah. was one of my bigger mistakes too. I'll um, do it next year, though. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, he's got he's got to inject himself in the game a bit more. He's he's just. Yeah, anyway. I, I was saying to Tim Williams the other day, I've got to avoid that highlight of him palming you and Aitken into the oh, next, no. next month. Because if I see that once, it's over. I've already drafted him. I know, I know. Um, and that's been that's that was running through my head as well. Um, but yeah, like I had I had some really good really good pickups. So I drafted Dillbags quite late. I drafted Tapene at pick ninety nine. Um, that's ridiculous. That that yeah, is one of your huge. best. That is that big. was that that's was huge. that was from from the from the rafters, mate. Yep. It, was, it was good. And um, I can't believe you 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 left him that late because I knew you were really big on him as well. Oh, so. I, was, I was huge on him, but there were, there were a few other players that were, like I I I was surprised Satili went so late, and I I for whatever reason I went Satili over over him because I thought Satili was going to have a good season as well, but um, obviously he got he got injured halfway through. Um, I think I actually traded him out for someone else um, anyway through the season. But, yeah, I was I, I made a few moves on the waivers as well. So I picked up Cotter off the waivers, um, Toe Harris, uh, Ezra Mann, 
um, Ramian even off the waivers. So, yeah, I was pretty active on a few things. Um, actually picked up Firma in one of the last um, last rounds as well. So, yeah, there were some good moves, but, um, yeah, just not enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that tap and A draft is very nice. Mm. Boys, I, I love my Latrell draft. Um, I love mm. where I got him. I think I got him uh, Walker, can you tell me six? Six? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm ve- I was very happy with that. But my favorite movie my my favorite move with Latrell was sticking it out. Sticking out those twelve weeks when everyone was offering me trades, like I got offered um uh, Will Kennedy, I think someone offered me Scott Drinkwater at one point, um, and I just stuck it out and stuck it out. And obviously, when he got back, um, what did he go below ninety twice? He, yeah, he had a, he had a fifty-point game really and a seventy-point really game. So he he literally took me all the way to the grand final because I captained him every single week. So sticking it out with Latrell, my boy. And the one thing about Latrell, I I'm a huge Latrell fan. Like I love to watch him play, and just having him in my super coach side um, just made the whole experience um, better for me. And and you know him being my best player coming back, you know watching that doco that they they put up on the the mm. bunnies social media. I just, I was whipped up. I had the Latrell Mitchell fucking fever. Trell Mitt just tattooed it on my fucking forehead. I was all about him. So that was that was my favorite move. Um, I made a few good waiver wire pickups throughout the year. I got Carrigan off the waiver wire um, for a while there. He was putting up 70 points a game, which was fantastic. I picked up – I had – no Faluma dropped him, then picked him up again when he back to the storm. So I like that. Um, but yeah, nothing goes past Latrell for me. My worst move, no doubt, it comes down to Schuster in the third round. It, I think, out of all three of us, I've taken the cake there. Round three, it was a, it was a, it was a fourth round. Man. Oh, fourth round. Okay, still, still, that's fucking bad because I, you know, I, I, I actually reckon your best move was Blake Braley. You oh yeah, when did I get him? Pick one fifty. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that, that is was, that, that is pretty good. Swinging from the fucking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because what did he end up with the sixty average or something like that? Yeah, like that's pretty sexy. Yeah. Um, but Schuster just completely fucked me because <laughs> I had big plans for him yeah. in my five eight position. I thought he was going to come in, um, play edge back row, eighty minutes a game, as we all did. We thought we'd have mm. a really good season. Um, and of course he got injured, and then he came back, and it was the beast who ate Josh Schuster, and then he continued to play twelve minutes a game for the rest of the season. What a cock up that was! Especially when I look back on it, and there was guys like Joey Manu in round four who I was huge on who I mm-hmm. definitely would have taken in round four if it wasn't for Josh Schuster. So yeah, big mistake there. And that sort of put me behind the eight ball early on because I didn't really have anyone else in that five, eight position. I think I had Walters there um, to begin with. So yeah, you're, you're in a bit of Barney rubble in, in that position with Walters. And um, I think it was Sexton at the time. So yeah, it was, um, it, it was rough. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just loved Latrell this year. Um, it's the first time I've had him in my my side, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. All right, boys, you come up with some air soon, aren't you? Hey, <laughs> you've got to come up with some air soon, don't you, mate? You know that I can mate, talk. You, you know, you know, you know that he can um, he can suck himself <laughs> off for the, the next week without coming up there. Wasn't sure which. Uh, he uses, he uses the thing as a fucking snorkel. <laughs> I've got. I'm missing a couple of ribs, boys. I can go down there. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. All right, let's get into these positions. All right, so hooker first up. Um, so if for each position, uh, Wooker and I put out our big balls calls. Um, so I'll go through them at the start, and then we'll get into our booms, bust, sleepers, and then who impressed. So for hooker, um, Wooker, your big balls call was Cook will be the second best averaging hooker. You were huge on him. You sold me on him. Then I was big on him. We're all over Cook's dick. Uh, tell me, did he, you get it he, right? I got it hundred percent right. Bang. But he didn't Bang. get he didn't get up to the heights that I was hoping. I was I was hoping to get over eighty. He ended up with a seventy five point two average. So nothing to sneeze. Um, well, did any hooker get over eighty? No. No, no, no. Grant, Grant even even, Harry, even Grant was only seventy seven point six. So, mate, we were. 
on the money. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, My big balls call was Connor Watson to average more than Marnie. Now, originally I thought, wow, I'm going to be so far off this one. Then I looked at it and I was like, actually, heaps fucking closer than I thought it was going to be. I think Marnie- Two, two. points. (laughs) (laughs) Points. <laughs> <laughs> but if there was two more rounds in the season, I get it. Yeah. And that's the thing. They, they both performed so fucking poorly. Yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. yeah. I'm oh, Look, I'm happy. Uh, what was Watson's average? About 50? Watson was 52. Yeah. Okay. And look, I, 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 that's higher than I thought it would be. So I definitely got – well, we we both got Connor Watson wrong. But mm. I thought I thought that was yeah. – that was, but I think we were really low on Reed Marnie. I think we got that right. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Tell you what, you got made to look good by uh, Reed's last month of football just quietly. I know. What was his five-round average, like 30? 35, 32, 34 in his last three games. <laughs> yep. Yuck. And that's, that's playing 80 minutes? Uh, pretty much so, yeah, 80, 67, 55. So, yes. Please. Um, his his five-round average is 38. So, yes, 100%. Mate. I'll get th- I'll get thirty two Supercoach points this weekend with one calf, easy, <laughs> easy. Um, all right, let's talk about some booms, busts, and sleepers. So booms, obviously we had Cook. That's a big tick for us. I mean, yeah. really, is did it, did he beat his average from last year, Wooker? Uh, what did he get? So. Like he got low seventies. He might have just beaten it. Um, but I think he he outperformed um, people's ex- expectations for this year. He had a really good year. Uh, Guru, you had Grant. Now, Grant ended up on 77.6. Do you consider that a boom or a bust? Mate, I was just about to say, we picked the two best hookers in Supercoach by a country mile as our booms. What fucking cowards picks just quietly? Well, they, they you, were, could, were, you, could, you could say that or you could say that we've got it fucking bang on. I, I think we can do better than that next year, just quietly. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the win. I'll take the win where I can get it. But um, um, did you think up the top hooker? So I, I mean, seventy-eight. I, I probably thought he'd go for more. To be honest with you, I thought he'd be. I thought they'd both be in the eighties. To be honest, I, I didn't think Cook would be, but I, I thought Grant would be. I, I sort of thought Cook would be around um, 73, 75 sort of mark. But I, I've never been as high on Cook. But Grant, uh, yeah, I, I thought he'd bust into the eighties spot there. I thought Grant would definitely be in the eighties. Well, I mean, in the in the last in the last five years. Um, Cook has only averaged under 70 once, and that was last year. Yeah, right. Okay. So, he's, so it is he's a boom. Pretty, pretty, pretty somewhat dependable. Yeah. So he did average under 70 last year. Uh, yeah, 65. Oh, fuck. We'll take that. That's a, yeah. that's a 10 Bill, point Bill, increase. Bill, he's averaged by 10. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take that. All right. Um, busts. So we had McInnes. Um, I like that. Uh, everyone was expecting him to be that 75-point average player. We knew he wouldn't be. He wasn't. Uh, he looked really yeah. good when Finucane was out and he was getting decent minutes. Uh, and we did say this in the preseason that his supercoach output will be heavily tied to the amount of minutes he gets. If he doesn't get 80, he won't be that relevant. And people were talking about him early round two, um, you know, picking him there, and we're just like, guys, you need to fucking lay off him. And I think we got that one right. Yeah, and like you said, it came down to minutes, and I think if um, Finucane played the full season without getting suspended, injured and such, he would have played even less minutes, and I think his average would have been deflated even more. Yeah, I agree. What was your thoughts on McInnes, Guru? Uh, I mean, yeah, like the, the, the average is 58, but uh, I mean, like uh, first three games, I mean, what his first, I think five out of his six first games, he didn't go above 50, which we thought we sort of anticipated him coming back from injury and stuff. I think if you were... Drafting Cam McInnes, you were drafting him for the back end of the season, and I thought in the back end he was he was pretty good. You look from like round fourteen onwards, uh, not many sub fifty games, a lot of you know hot, uh, above sixty games in the back end there. But uh, the average as a whole, which is what we're talking about, um, yeah, I'd agree with you. He, he was probably a bust across the whole season, but for when you needed him, he did pretty well in the back end. Like his mm-hmm. last four games, finals 79, 55, 70, 64. Um, for, for where you probably drafted Cam McInnes, I would have taken that for for, for the uh, finals run. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, he was just so hyped, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he was overhyped for sure. Yeah, he was coming off that seventy whatever it was um, season, and yeah, it's, it was always going to be hard to live up to. It was good and, to and see and to him. Be, 
It was yeah, good. Yeah, Sorry, Nat, you go. go. I was just going to say, it's good to see him because I wasn't sure how he would fit into this 13 role, uh, whether he'd just be a tuck and run bloke or if we'd see him a bit of ball playing. And, and so, sort of towards the end of the season, we did see a little bit of that ball playing, which was good to see. Yeah, he, he did better this year than what I thought he would. I, I, I completely agree with you guys at the start of the season. But uh, as we got further and th- further through the season, and you know, you got to also take into consideration the Sharks did have a fair whack of injuries, suspensions, and stuff at the end of the season, which helped him. But um, that's what happens in footy, you know? Yeah, 100%. Mm. Um, yeah. Mate, you had Turpin. What a cowardice pick that was. Well, yeah. mate, I'm, I'm looking at so many of these picks going, what the fuck was I doing? I mean, <laughs> fucking, but I don't know. Were, were, were people high on Turpin in the preseason? I've got no idea. I don't think, I don't think anyone's been high on Turpin from Supergate's perspective. Ever. Seems like a weird fucking pick for me to have a very obvious one, but yeah, I mean, yeah, um, got it right, guys. Yeah, How good? Yeah, bang. You, you killed it. You killed it. Big reserve graders will reserve graders. Big tick for Turpin, um, and then the sleepers, which. At this point in the season when we did this podcast, both these guys that we picked were, they were sexy sleepers. We went with Billy Walters and Guru, you went with Starling. Um, And both of these players, obviously with Walters, um, we weren't sure at this point whether he was going to get the six, whether uh, Albert Kelly was going to get it. Um, And obviously with that dual eligibility, we were all really fucking hyped on him. And then with Starling, we thought he'd be... um, you know, a, a not a good 80, impact. Eighty minute hooker, or at least, um, at least starting. Uh, well, a hundred percent, yeah. So, um, what was your thought on these two, Guru? Um, yeah, I was actually I was pretty high on Walters coming into the season. I've always thought that he's a better nine than he is ball player, and you know the trials sort of indicated that once again. But I don't know, he just never really kicked on, did he? Um, it was pretty disappointing from Walters, and then Starling. My whole argument here was that you could you could go him a little bit early and you could hope for an injury. Um, and, oh, Tim Williams you got it. You today, got it. Well, mate, I, I, Tim Williams said today that, that Josh Hodgson got injured in in the seventh minute of the season or something like that. I don't remember the exact time, but you know, Starling had a perfect opportunity this year to be an absolute superstar um, and did absolutely fuck all. They managed to pull um, Wolford. Mate, I, I remember watching Wolford play uh, third grade rugby union up here in Sydney two years ago, and then all of a sudden he was running out as the starting hooker for the Canberra Raiders. It was unbelievable. Isn't and- he a fucking clone of his dad? And you know what? To their credit, I had the old man Simon on my podcast two years ago, and I remember he was coaching England. I said, oh, and, you know, you you could tell by this point that Zach was sort of out of opportunities. It wasn't looking good. And, like, I've always really liked Zach. He played in a Canterbury side a few years ago that I had a mate in, so I watched him for the whole season. And he was up at Newcastle. They tried to turn him into a lock, and it just wasn't fucking working. I remember saying to Simon, why don't you bring him over? And he said said to me off mic, he said, oh, I could, and I know he'd be the best hooker in my team, but – I just want him to find his own way. He'll work it out. And two years later, he's playing like he's a starting hooker for the Canberra Raiders. It's an unbelievable story. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, when he was when he was on, he was playing well. I mean, he they were, he was sharing minutes pretty heavily with Starling, which you know it stifled both of their Supercoach output. But fuck, he looked good. Really robust hooker gets through plenty of defense, just exactly like his old boy. Is there any more? Is there anything more frustrating when you're a draft player than just seeing a nine jersey completely wasted in this competition? I know. Oh, God, yeah. When there's when there's so few decent nines from a supercoach perspective, yeah. Fuck us. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, two guys there that had all the potential in the world and both fell on their face. Uh, Guru, who impressed you the most at the hooking spot, and who who's on your radar for next draft? Uh, well, obviously, mate, as I said, I picked up Jeremy Marshall King. So he was the only hooker I watched the entire season because he played every single game. So I was uh, I was very, very blessed in that regard. He'll be going up to the Dolphins. I think mm. he'll be any minute nine there. Uh, once again, I'm not going to go early on a hooker. I think there's a really good chance I go back to back with uh, Jeremy Marshall King. I just, unless you're getting Kukul Grant, I just don't see value in the position like i have a look at like especially now that ben hunt isn't a hooker either like i have a look around our comp and you know got all these early picks on you know you read marnies and these sort of guys and for where you drafted them for me they just didn't cut it so hooker's another position that i'm pretty confident looking at it right now unless i end up in a position where you know i'm picked 10 or 11 and i, and I end up with grant or cook i just can't say well Brett, I, I go a hooker early so i'll probably be leaving it at this stage to be honest with you guys 
And it's only going to get worse as well because Cotter's going to lose the hooker. McInnes is going to lose the hooker because he played the whole season at, at lock. It's it's just going to get a lot a lot more difficult. And you've also got Abby Curacao. He be like he goes to the Tigers, so he'll be less relevant now, in my opinion. Mm, and then you got Mitch yeah, Kenny, yeah. so like it, it, there's even less options now. It's uh, it's going to be scary, as we say. It feels like we say it every year, but it seems <laughs> like it literally gets scarier every single year. Hooker, it's crazy. Could be could be AA again for 2023. Just run with yeah. an AA. Quite Walker, possible. Good boy. Walker, who impressed you, mate? Who's on your radar? Um, well, obviously, Cotter, Cotter impressed me, but I think, like, we all kind of knew what he he had to offer at the start of the season. We were pr- quite quite big on him and you, especially Guru. Um, the one that the one that really impressed me um, from his output and how he played was coming back from injury, Jaden Braley. Yeah, um, he sort of hit the ground running. I think his, his, his brother as well, obviously, bro- um, both Blake and and Jaden played really good through the season. I'm, I, I think Blake Braley for me is the one that impressed me the most. He had a fantastic season. Little bit inconsistent, obviously. He had some games where he went sub fifty, but then again, he had some games where he went ninety plus. Um, I think how this this front row um, and this middle of this Sharks pack is starting to look with Royce Hunt just looking like an absolute hulking beast and gets fitter every time I see him play. And then you've got Braden Hamlin, Ueli. These guys who run really tough, hard lines close to the chalk. Braley, nice little ball off the hip. It's just going to be a lot of super coach points for him. Obviously, that value isn't going to be there that was there this year. Mm, uh, you're going yeah. to have to take him a little bit early. But I, I, I really was impressed with Blake Braley. And for me, obviously, getting him so late, um, it was a gift. I mean, there's a lot of points on offer with the Sharks, and we'll see that next season as well. So, yeah, I think they'll, build, they'll build from this year. Just uh, you obviously mentioned Blake. He had a tremendous season, mate. I reckon Jaden has flown under the radar unbelievably. Really? He came back and he played well. His first three scores were 47, 39, 26. Then he found his match fitness. His last five games of the season, he went 59, 72, 66, 71, 82. And he's he, played, he played 80 minutes. Yeah, and he was playing in a team going like a fucking busted asshole. He finished with a five-round average of 70 to finish the season. So he is one guy... To seriously watch next year, Jaden yeah. Rayleigh. I think he could be the real value pick as far as hookers go. I love that. I love that play. I wonder which Rayleigh brother I'm going to pick next next year, <laughs> Walker. I had Jaden. Another one coming through the Sharkies. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, there? Exactly. There's one more to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him in my side for 2023. He'll average 70 in my team. The Brayleys love <laughs> playing for the bros. Love um, it. What are you guys' thoughts on um, Marnie's move to the doggies? Do you reckon it's going to be a um, be a winner, or do you reckon he's going to just? <clears throat> I, I think he'll be okay. There, he's obviously been pretty disappointing at Parramatta this year. It's hard to get. Like, there was no real reason why Marnie played. Not to his absolute. I mean, he still finished with an average of fifty-five. But I, I don't know. Did Did you guys did, get do a think it wasn't his I, best? I think it's. I think it's because of the the resurgence of um, Dillbags. Because I think. He obviously hasn't had to he's be more playing more of a distributor role rather than yeah. having to come up with the play. And well that's my read of it anyway. I reckon I reckon it's because the Ford pack were playing too lateral this season. In all honesty, when that, that Ford pack is going hard and straight, that's when Reed Marnie plays his best football. That's when he's darting at a dummy half, he's putting blokes on the inside, he's putting on try assists close to the line. That's when he's playing his best football. When they start getting a little bit too side to side there's no real go forward to for Marnie to play off the back of, so mm. I think that's been his Achilles' heel this year, mate. I, I'll be honest, with you, over the last month, I think Parramatta have played some really good footy. They've obviously given it to some average teams, but for me, when we, and I agree with you, when you watch Parramatta, you can tell in the first five minutes if they're going to win or lose by the first three hit-ups of Junior Baller and Regan Campbell-Gillard. And but I feel like over the last month, they they went really direct, they went really straight and. Reed's last three games, he, he didn't go above 35 in any of them. I I find it really hard to put my feet like one of you or both of you could be right, but I, I find it hard to put my finger on exactly what the fuck happened to Reed this year. I just. It could, it could be a combination of both, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah it's, um, the, the strange thing is to get 35 super coach points, now that for him, where you're making 50 tackles a game actually just doesn't make sense mathematically. Like, how is he only getting 35 super coach points when he's making that many tackles? 
it's yeah, it's it's hard to get a read on. And like I, as you mentioned, Walkie, if his issue was that he was going straight to Dill Brown, mate, tell me the entire fucking game plan next year isn't going to be get the ball in Burton's hands ASAP. Yeah, so, no, and that's and that's the concern that I've got about um, bringing the next season. So yeah, there's a there's a, there's a lot to think about because then then you've got um um uh, Brandon Smith, so he'll be he'll be going into the starting hooker position you'd expect. And Reed Marnie is a classic guy why I don't draft hookers because there's so much mystery and where you're going to have to go him simply because he's a nine, it's just not worth it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is, a, that is a, a good tip early on to just, if you don't get those top two guys, just wait. Spend your money elsewhere. Um, all right, guys, let's move on to the front row forward position. So you alluded to it earlier, Guru. We're all on the same page here when we said, look, we're just going to fucking leave front row forwards to very last. And we're talking sort of round 13, round 14 plus. Now, the big balls course the rub down. Uh, Wooker, you had Lindsay Collins 65 plus, no go. I had yep, Paul no. Vaughan 60 plus, no go. But look, front row forward was a fucking weird position. Like, it's a shit position anyway. But this year, it was Fucked. It's it was the worst I've seen it um, in all the years I've played Supercoach. It was just really hard to get. It was it was hard to get one front row forward that would get you fifty to fifty five consistently every week. To get two was impossible. Yeah, oh, mate. I I spent our waiver wire on a Wednesday morning every fucking Tuesday night for twenty five weeks was looking through. Fucking front row forwards that without a doubt would get me 37 every single week. It was an absolute punish this year. And just and just a weird outcome. Do you know what I mean? We had a huge resurgence of Tino for Suomala Al. He had a fantastic oh, yeah. season. Dave Clemmer back to his best in the second half of the season there. Joe Offengawi. Fucking weird. Where the fuck yeah. did he come from? Um, so just a weird old season. The booms that we had, we were huge on Stefano. I think everyone was. Everyone had big expectations for him at the Tigers after that sort of last nine, ten games that he had of 2021. He didn't live up to um, all the expectations, obviously, with some injuries, and then he wasn't getting the minutes. Uh, it just didn't work out for him. Guru, and, he playing, and he was playing for the Tigers. That's fair. That's fair. Guru, you had AFB. And we were also very big on AFB. We were actually pretty big on the yeah, Warriors yeah. as a whole. Um, AFB, what do you think about his season? No, nah, very disappointing. I, uh, I'm i making a rule from now on. I'm never picking an explosive front row forward again because you have to go them way too early. And I just I don't see the value in it this year. Mate, even if I got Payne Haas this year, I would have been disappointed. Like, I just – it's – such a fucking wasteland. Like, you look at Payne Haas, and, you know, he's the best front row forward you can get. And he averaged 10 more points than Adam Fanua Blake, and I'm incredibly disappointed with AFB. I just – I don't see the value in this position at all anymore. As I said, like, for me, waking up on a Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock and seeing I got fucking Jacob Saifidi for the fifth time this season off the waiver wire, it was just a nightmare. <laughs> I'm putting – I'm putting AFB, Junior Bolo, all these guys in the same basket of I'm just never drafting them again because they are constant disappointments. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's a kind of a position, and it'll be a kind of a position next year. Again, I won't be touching them till very late. All right, boys, Tom, take our licks here. Busts. So the only reason we as the rub, oh the only reason we as the rub took Siwa uh, Takiaho here is because you already picked Isaiah Papali'i, but we we're all big on Isaiah being a huge bust, the biggest bust of 2022. We we're all fucking shouting it from the mountaintops, and didn't he punch us right in the cock hole? Yeah, you, you more than anyone. Yep. So ended up with a 79 average. He just killed it all year, didn't he? He was amazing, yeah. and none of us saw this coming. No, exactly. And, look, he he showed all the doubters that, um, look, he, he's one of the hardest running players in the game as well. So I think he was the um, the VB hard-earned the second year in a row. Um, saw that today on the roast. So, look, I... He's an incredible player. I thought that um, it was going to be a bit of a um, yeah. Well, we all thought that, he was going to be in the middle. In the middle, yeah, he's going to yeah. play fifty minutes in the middle, and yeah, we thought that you know Matto was going to play on an edge, and then Lane would take the other edge, and he, he would sort of rotate through the middle with Nathan Brown. Um, so uh, yeah, fuck. 
got to take our licks there. That was a that was a big big no no well, from his, us. He's got his bags back now though, doesn't he? I will say this though, because of us, I'm sure a lot of people got Isaiah Papali'i at fantastic value. Well, not in my comp that got him last year. He got him again this year. I'm not sure if you remember, but when he got him last year was in round 17, and he thought he drafted Josh Papali. Um, <laughs> and then we realized he had the best front row forward, second row forward in Supercoach. So that was a real kick in the dick. He drafted him again this year, and I sort of looked at him on draft day and just went, you're fucking mad. He drafted him, I think, round two, uh, which, I'm sorry, boys, did that end up being value or what? Yeah, 100% it did. Yeah. Big time. Well, he, he averaged 79. Yep. Like, and he, that's, a, that's, a top, that's a top 10 player. Yeah, that's a consistently well, like 79 and, at consistency. can get over 100 on any given week. Yeah. So it's, yeah, mad, mad <laughs> oh, when, uh, when we come back in a few months to do the preview of 2023, I'll be hitting Command C, Command V, copy and paste on Papa <laughs> Lee is a bust. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, that's, that's coming into a different structure, though. Yeah. Uh, I'll, oh, mate, I'm just going to let him go go through to the keeper. I won't be yeah, saying gonna, anything about him. I'm not going to. I'm not going to mention that. He's not a boom. He's not a bust. I'm not going to mention the cunt's name at all in all any preseason shit. Oh, I'll tell you what. If you do take him next year, or the person who, if you are someone in your comp that's having a look at him, I, I think you need to get Adam Dewey as well. I think you need yeah. to. Add, so if you're going to go one, you got to you got to go in on both 100. percent Nice. Yeah, that would there. be a stack and a half, wouldn't it? Yeah. For sure. He, and look, we might get to it a bit later, but fuck, do we look good this season at times? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, it's anyway, just, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, at, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get into the sleepers for front row forward. Um, look, we had Joy Arrow. I'm happy with that. Um, he, What did he end up on? Better. He kind of he kind of did exactly what we were expecting, like around the 50, mid-50s. Um, did exactly, exactly what you needed if you draft him in your front row spot, which we said to do. So, yeah, we're, we're quite happy with that. Yep, I'll take that. And, uh, Guru, you had Aaron Panay. Uh, yeah, he's still sleeping. Someone wake him up. Yep, <laughs> yep. It's very sleepy pick, that one. Very sleepy. Look, I, what year time, did I, you... I agree, what, I agree what, with that because, like, he, he looked good at the back end of um, when he was playing for the Storm. He looked, in the last few games, he played I, a few I, really I will good just games. say this about Aaron Panay. Uh, I think he's a classic guy that... I'm going to judge him like I was wrong this season. I'm happy to wear that, but I'm going to judge him once he plays his 50th first grade game. Uh, I just think he'll start to work his way into it. He's played 24 games at the moment, so I think 2024 might be the year. So do, so do we yeah. want to hold off this judgment until we can get the 50 seat? I don't know. I'm yeah. more than happy to wear it because I, <laughs> I, I thought he'd do well last year, but I just think he's a guy that over time, I think more and more you're seeing in this modern game, you have all these superstars that come in their first game and they're fucking sensational. They're the only ones we talk about, but then you've got all these other guys that when they hit about game 50, they just tend to find themselves in first grade and get a little bit more comfortable, and I think he might be one of them. Mm. That's my fault, Guru. I, I probably didn't sort of lock it down at the start of that podcast and say these are the sleepers for 2022. You've obviously yeah, that's on you, mate. Yeah, you've obviously <laughs> picked a sleeper for 2026. Um, so we'll come back to that because um, you might be right. You might be right. I I'll- guarantee you, I have Aaron Penne in a sleepers category in the next two or three years. <laughs> you watch another copy paste, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, who impressed you uh, in the front row forward position, Guru? Who's on your radar for next year? Um, I've already mentioned him because I had him this year, but Maxi King uh, yeah, over at the yeah. Canterbury Bulldogs. Paul Vaughan's obviously going to be leaving. Um, yeah. So I think Max King, he could be the one to take up a fair whack of minutes. I personally think Tavita Pangai Jr. must be on borrowed time. Mm. I sort of, I'm not quite sure what's going on with Luke Thompson, but. Um, we had we had uh, on beers and break evens. We had our, one one of our sponsors come on today. One one of the owners of that company, and he's uh, he's pretty well connected to the Bulldogs, and he reckons that Luke Thompson will one hundred percent be there, and everything's okay there. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, I still think those two will be the starting front rowers. I think TPJ is on borrowed time, so Maxi King he'd be uh, he'd be my pick in the front row for next year. Yeah, I love Maxi King. I did have him for the majority of the season in my front row spot. Um, yeah, huge engine, gets through a lot of work, has a sneaky offload, made a few line breaks as well. I was supremely happy with him. Uh, I think I got him free agent as well. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've got big wraps on him, and I'll be looking for him in next – because he will be – with that average of sort of 50 – what was it, 52 or something like that, um, you know, people are going to sleep on him, and you will get him for value. 
Yeah, for sure. Wook, who impressed you, mate? Who are you looking at next year? Um, it's a tough one. Like there weren't too many that impressed me. Um, I think at times, um, twelve impressed me, but he obviously had a real shit start, um, shit end to the season, and he definitely paid it off. Tavita Tatola. Yeah, um, I think with Nichols with Nichols leaving um, up to the Dolphins next season, maybe that that gives him a couple of extra minutes. Um, and I think what how old Sturgis is he? Is he getting towards the back end of his career as well? Surely he would have to be. Yeah, so, but so, so still going good though. Still going good, and look, he's still still providing impacts. But um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the um, it's such a dire position um, that yeah, I think Totola. Definitely had a cracker end of the season. So his five-round average at the back end of the season was 57, ended on a 50-51. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy that you you won't have to spend the earth for. But, yeah, I, I think we, we, we should really be looking at guys that are um, that are a bit bit lower than that that have probably not not going to look to be picked up. So maybe, maybe um, uh, Lindsay Collins is probably one that you'll be able to get a bit cheaper. And TKO, he's not obviously going to be there next season. Rhea Hargreaves is is on one leg. Um, the other leg is in the nursing home. And, yeah, I, I reckon um, they'll be running off um, a bit of good ball from Smith. And I think, yeah, I think the cheese is going to make a bit of a difference to that um, that fall pack. Yeah, I don't Fuck, mind that. I, I'm worried about Lindsay Collins, eh? You reckon? Oh, mate. What, 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 in what way? Oh, the, just the constant HIAs oh, and yeah. how, how cautious yeah, the Rangers are. That's it's true. Under- they are, they are the most cautious of all clubs. So, yeah, um, yeah, he 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 worries me a little bit, but I think there is an opportunity there at the Roosters. I sort of said today on beers and break evens that my guy for next year, I'd probably be because I'm worried about um, Collins missing so much footy with HIAs and whatnot. Egan Butcher could really be the one to mm. jump into uh, prominence there. Um, yeah, there, there'll be an injury. There, there, there'll be someone at the Roosters that, that's going to get a good opportunity. Mm. I 100 percent agree because look. It, it, a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, at some point, they're going to need a, a real hitman out there. And I think if Collins doesn't have his head issues, he's definitely that guy um, and, and can offer that. Um, in place of Rhea Hargreaves when he when he isn't able to play, so yeah, I'm I'm big on Collins, but yeah, I think Egan, Egan Butcher he played so well in the last month, um, so yeah, it's it's interesting one. Boys, I love Tino for Malawi um, this season. Uh, mm. with 67 average. Uh, oh, look, I can't remember what he averaged last season, but uh, I can't imagine it was up that high. But um, I owned him towards the end of the season, so obviously I was taking a, a pretty close look at his games. His engine is fucking ridiculous. The amount of minutes he's play- he plays at that high tempo, high octane middle roll is crazy. Mm. And his ability to maintain that effort as well is crazy. I thought, yeah, I was just super impressed with him. Now, I don't know if Titans continue to play him at with those big minutes. Um, if they do, he'll continue to pump out big scores. But not only that, his ability to... to make line breaks, uh, put blokes in holes, like a very skillful Mm. player as well. Um, So I loved him. Um, And the guy that just came from nowhere was Joe Ofengawi, and he was super consistent um, for most of the season. Um, So guys that picked him up off free agents. And we talked about him a lot in the Waiver Wire podcast, Wilco, because he was a low... Percentage shocked for how long that he was. He was below thirty five percent ownership for like ten weeks, and we're like, guys, yeah. you need to get, need to get Joe off and Gary. Um, so yeah, two guys um, that really impressed me. But again, look, I'm not looking at front row forwards until late, late, late. So it depends who's going to be there. All right, let's get into the two RF spot. So we had in our big balls calls, Walker, you had uh, Raymond Fatalamara to get sixty five plus, yeah, and he did not. He did not. No, no. He looked good when he came back. Look, uh, he, but- looked, he, looked, he looked really good. But yeah, I wasn't when we when we did this um, podcast. I we hadn't had the chat with Brian, and yeah, he, he kind of schooled us up on a few of the issues with that foot injury that he had. Yeah. 
Um, and then I had Pretty Ricky to go 60-plus and get eight-plus oh. tries. Nowhere oh. near it. Nowhere near it. So we missed uh, missed it by a mile there in our big balls calls. Booms, I think we both fucking nailed it here, boys. Uh, the rub, we went uh, Shmoli Olakowatu, who was fucking huge. We were big on him. I didn't think he'd go that well. Like, he absolutely killed it. And then, Guru, obviously, your boy Ruben Cotter, you were sucking his dick all the way down to the Chewy Center all preseason, and it came off. Throat is still very tender, boy. <laughs> very tender. Nah, nailed it. Fucking nailed it. Even yeah, came out with it. the bloody origin call. I mean, please. Yeah. That was that was a big run. Very yeah. good. If you throw enough darts, you'll hit a board eventually. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> this is the game we're in. This is the game we play. Um, so we both nailed that. I, 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 think, um, I think that was really, really good. Busts. We had kick out. Now... Yeah. I don't think he was a bust. I don't think he was a boom. I think he just did more of what he usually does. Some games he scores 35. Some games he scores 100. 85. Yeah. So I think I think as a bust we got it wrong, um, but definitely not a guy that presented he wasn't, value. He wasn't, he wasn't a boom. No, no, 100%. And then, Guru, you had don't touch the air edge back rowers from the Raiders being um, CHN and Hudson Young. Now you're half right. You're, you're half right. Well, yeah, I think my wording on this one was one of these will be a bust yeah. uh, and the other one I love. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love both of these blokes, but I just – I couldn't – yeah, for where you had to draft both of these guys for the upside they had, um, it was it was a 50-50 roll of the dice. And uh, obviously Hudson Young, he turned out to be the one to get, but if you had CHN – very, very tough. Just on kick out, as you said, like I was just having a look through some of his numbers and like I, I just love the ball playing that he added to his game this year. And you have a look through his numbers and, you know, my, my impression has always been, you know, he can go 30 or he can do this. He played 22 games this year and he only had four thirties. So he's had a, he's had a pretty decent year kick out. I, I wouldn't say he's, he's been a boom. I agree with you. Um, but I definitely think if you got him this year, I, I definitely think it, it was a good pick to have him this year. Oh, yeah, I agree. The, the one thing that's always, like, irked me about picking up um, Kikau is you've got to wear the 30s and the 40s and all that, but his ceiling isn't that high. So he only nudged 100 twice. Yep. And when I yep. say nudged 100, 102. So it, it's one of those ones where you, you're not really getting the diamond, you're just getting a decent score. Yeah, that, that is true, to be fair, because, fuck, I remember looking back at some of his games and just thinking, my God, he couldn't have possibly played better there. Like, some some, some yeah. of the, the the amount of tries that he put some of those boys over, this is where I think as well, and we'll talk about him later, but him going onto that left edge, it could be really interesting for uh, Josh Adokar. He's obviously already got that great combination with Matt Burton. You throw a kick out in there with the ball playing that he showed at Penrith this year. Uh, Josh Adokar, he, he, he could be a decent little grab to score a few meaties for Canterbury next year. I definitely don't. I don't mind that at all. Mm, that is sexy, actually. I love that take. Um, all right, boys, sleepers. We had Satili Tupanur, which I think we both had. We were both pretty big on Satili um, as a as a sleeper. We yep. think we thought you know he would slip past that round five, round six, um, and that would be supreme value for him, which it was. Um, I, I, I picked him up round eight, and yeah. I was I yummy. was real happy about that. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Um, he played well this season. Obviously, ended up with an injury, but he did what we said he was going to do, which was run fantastic lines and score tries. Uh, Guru, you had uh, Jack, is it Howarth? Yeah, Jack Howarth. Um, he played, I think just after we recorded this, he played in a trial and he wasn't overly impressive. And um, I then spoke, and then, you know, I spent the first 10 weeks thinking, surely he'll, he'll get a go soon. He was occasionally pop up as, you know, 22nd man, 19th sort of stuff. And I actually spoke to one of the Storm's, uh, recruitment guys during the season. He, he made a really good point. He, he said to me in about round 14, he goes, you're, you're not going to see Jack this year because of COVID. You know, as good as he is, this is the first year he's ever had to, he's the first ever year he's had the opportunity to play against grown men because yep. all the competitions yeah, were cancelled previously. So he, he said to me very early in round 14, he goes, you will not see him this year, regardless of how many injuries or anything happens, you will not see him this year. They want him to have a year to develop and play against grown men before they can use him next year. And mate, to the Storm's credit, the amount of injuries and stuff they had, and they still never used him. They were patient as all hell, which is a real credit to the club. Like you got to remember in the preseason, they signed him for five years. So, mate, the self-control of a Jedi by the Melbourne Storm there. 
another another sleeper for 2026. Yeah, he'll be a sleeper for this preseason as well. Don't worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Guru, who impressed? Who's on your radar next season? All right, I've got a few here. Uh, guys that impressed me and one that I think will, you'll be able to get decent value in is Luciana Leilua. Mm. Um, I think he'll probably oh, yeah. start on the left ledge for the Cowboys. Scores weren't overly impressive, but I just think with Leilua, and we know what those Cowboys preseasons are like nowadays, when he gets an opportunity up there, um, I think he could be pretty scary next year. I'm no stranger to drafting Leilua. And I wouldn't be shocked if I uh, managed to get my hands on him again. If you are going to get Leilua, definitely stack him with Tommy Dearden. Uh, going at the line there, he throws one of the best balls, two back rowers. So little stack there. Love Leilua as a 2RF. Uh, Luke Garner, going to the Penrith Panthers. I think he'll be mm. on the left edge. I really like him. I think that it's sort of between him, Hoskins, maybe Scott Sorensen. But personally, I think Sorensen is probably the best uh, bench player in the league. So I don't think Cleary will move him off the bench there. Garner's probably my tip to win that one. And then, mate, two Smokies to keep your eye on. The first one is Jermaine Hopgood. I posted about him last week. I've been watching him in reserve grade for the Panthers. He has been absolutely fucking killing it. Um, he's my Ruben Cotter for next season. I think he's going to absolutely brain it. Uh, moving to the Parramatta Eels, I think you'll see Isaiah Papali. He'll go to the West Tigers. I think Matto will probably move to that edge, and I think Hopgood will be the 13. If he's not to start Ooh. the season, I think he will be. Nice. Soon. Uh, he'll be my Cotter this year. And, guys, there's a guy that's going to debut for the Roosters early next season named Josh Wong. Um. I think he could be the next real superstar back rower in our game. Uh, he played SG ball for the Chooks this year, was their captain. Can play lock, second row, center, 5'8". He's he's one of the better juniors I've seen in a long time. So keep an eye on him. Uh, his name's Josh Wong, but he always appears on the team list. I think he's, uh, his, his name on that is like Siwa Tong or something, Siwa or something but they, they always call him Josh. But uh, Wong is a very, very talented player who I think is going to burst onto the scene next year, and I think he'll be uh, probably the the Mitch Orbison sort of guy for the next few years for the Roosters, and wherever he gets an opportunity, he's going to absolutely smash it. Oh, I love that. couple of black books there, people. Mm. Write them down. Walker, what do you got for us? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm definitely not giving any black book tips here, but um, <laughs> two, 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 <laughs> two of the guys that kind of underperformed season long, um, Cheese and Radley, I think they're definitely ones to put in the um, put in your list for next season because I think they'll be they'll be in for a bit of an uptick, especially Radley. I think the the ball playing that he's developed in his game the last year or two, or well, last few years, I should say, um, it, it's almost second to none. It's um, yeah, it, it is a part of his game that he is starting to get some super coach output from as well. Um, we've seen it in the last few weeks, but. Um, Biggest biggest boom for me, um, the guy that I was most impressed with was Lane, Sean Lane. Yeah, I was like, I, but between him and and Hudson Young, mm. I and Bo Firma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I Bo Firma was mine. Um, geez, he oh, was geez, he was imp- imp- impressive. Mm. I mean, in a team where their attack was so clunky. Um, had no yeah. fucking direction. You just had Bo Firma running some of the best fucking lines in the NRL. Um, he finished a bee's dick behind David Feder in average. I just thought he was fantastic. I think he'll be better again in, in 2023 if they can just work out fucking how to use this bloke. I mean... It, I think it, Kieran, Kieran Foran is going to help unlock that. Fuck, he he was just so good. So I I was big on him. Obviously, um, Jeremiah Nanai was was huge. Um, mm. I thought Patrick Carrigan as well. Um, another guy that's starting to develop that that ball playing at the back there with that link role. But his defense work, his base was fantastic. I had him at parts throughout this season. I was supremely happy with him, especially if. Um, Payne Haas does move on. You can expect huge minutes out of Paddy Carrigan. Um, and with that, I think Thomas Flegler will come in and be very super coach relevant, someone that you'll get value for uh, if Payne Haas is to move on. Mm. What, what, what are your thoughts on um, on Aiken's move across to Redcliffe? Do you think it's, um, it's going to help his output? Um, and what position do you think he's going to play? 
I think by looking at their squad, I just can't see a world where he plays in the back row. They've yeah. signed Felice Cafusi. They've signed Kenny Bromwich. I don't think yeah. he can play either of those two anywhere else. Um, I don't know. I don't even know whether he squeezes in the centers. Who uh, you and Aiken? Yeah. Oh, I I I I think he'll be their first choice center. Who 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 are you picking in front of him? I lo- I like Branko. Yeah, I, I think I'd be taking Aiken over Branko personally. As much as I love Branko, I just think that they're going to be a team that um, they need some solidity. Yeah, I, they're they're not going to have any attacking upside. So you'd want to be a fucking good defensive team in this competition. Then, so mm. I think Aiken. I think he's just about uh, a certainty to uh, to be a center there. Um, Branko Lee over you and Aiken. One of your best Wooker. Mate, have you seen him in attack? <laughs> I was trying to be polite, Wolf. Uh, out there, my friend. Wow. Wow. That was good. That was very good. Uh, that, that's because he's got a Bronco jersey on at the moment, maybe. He is a current Bronco, mate. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.